Hey, welcome to the Six of Cups. This is episode two. Episode two of the Six of Cups is going to be a bit of a melange. We have the first part, which is going to be with Jerry Cthulhu, Marshall, and Jake, and yours truly. And we'll be talking about just a variety of interesting topics. No real uh, focus here in this show. It's kind of um, a gonzo podcast, so to say. So really, um, the next part's going to jump into Taylor, who you'll remember with Jake also from the first Six of Cups, just like Marshall is. And then the third part is going to go into just Jake and I talking about more random stuff, all occulty and esoteric and in general interesting stuff. The uh, main thing that I really got from this was when Jake and I started to talk about the true nature of what we viewed, the original tribal initiation, which you can still see remnants of in various cultures, but I guess the easiest one that comes to mind is the um, bar mitzvah, or I guess you might say bat mitzvah, if I'm saying that right. And that is when a child turns into an adult, basically, I mean, for manner of speaking, around the age of 13. And there's a, you know, an interesting uh, ritual, I suppose you would say, that takes place where uh, in this particular case, at least for the uh, for the males of the tribe in uh, Judaism, as far as I can tell, they're lifted onto a chair and a circle of their family and friends and other congregational members, whatever the right term is, temple members, uh, circle around them. And I view that as the, you know, the member of the community is being supported literally and shown that, you know, as long as they're a valuable member of the community, they'll be surrounded and their world will be um, in inclusive of all of these different members of their tribe. And I think it's really important. I think it's a wonderful tradition. And you see people uh, circling around them and it shows that these are the people that will surround you in your life. And this is just my hot take on it. I'm sure there's other ways to look at it, but just as a some esoteric symbolism looking at it, I was thinking these are the people who are going to surround you and be around you and support you. As long as you hold your own in the tribe, uh, you'll always have people around you who care about you and hold you high. I think it's beautiful. But it, Jake and I will get into more of that uh, later on in the episode here. So, uh, you know, uh, listen through the whole way or jump to a random spot and let Synchronicity guide you. However you want to do it. Um, I'm really happy with doing this show. Again, uh, you'll be able to through PayPal uh, at uh, occultfan at gmail.com contribute or donate to the show and uh, again it's uh, $200 or above for the first donation segment and those who are between 50 and 200 for the second will be able to get a shout out in the second uh, segment so uh, for now this is where you would get your shout out if you donate 200 or above and I thank you to all those who will be doing that it's only a matter of time before I learn how to perfect the process of doing this uh, particular art form in the meantime, I'm still working on it. <laughs> you can hear from some of the levels and uh, just how uh, how focused I will be in the future. So doing this is a good practice in a way. It's, uh, like I said, in the first Six of Swords, the uh, sister show to this show, or I guess uh, the brother show, since cups and uh, stones, stones will be coming up. Stones and cups are female element, and uh, the upcoming Six of Wands and Six of Swords are the masculine element. But 
without really too much further ado, uh, thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this uh, potpourri medley. And uh, as it is, just uh, enjoy the show. And uh, as always, you can find me at occultfan.com. But uh, in the meantime, enjoy Six of Cups, episode two. Hi, welcome to the Six of Cups. This is episode two. Tonight is a continuation on the sinks that have been generated from every area around our lives, including things like Hellier, uh, Paul Allen Greenfield's work, and, or excuse me, uh, that's Allen H. Greenfield. I don't know where the Paul came from. Maybe it sounds like Tau, but uh, someone will do the gematry on that later. We're talking with Jake from last time, as you remember, so uh, introductions are not necessary, but uh, why don't you say hello, Jake? Hey. Uh, we also got Marshall in the house. Marshall, what's up? Hello, everybody. And we are joined this evening by Jerry, uh, of also known as Jerry Cthulhu. Uh, Jerry, how are you tonight? I'm well. Thanks for having me, Nate. Yeah, for sure. Thank you all for being here. So um, without any real need for starting off, why don't we start off uh, in uh, the TV square to the furthest right where we are. The viewer can't see this, but uh, Jake, uh, you want to get us started off with anything that comes to mind? I'm sure that uh, it's going to be relevant and we can use it. So why don't you uh, start us from wherever you're at, bud? All right, well, I'll just pick up where we left off last time because uh, we were talking about the NAQ, NAEQ calculator and everything, and uh, you had asked if anybody had looked up what Hellier equates to on there, the value of Hellier on there. So that was what? one of the first things I did. Which, <laughs> uh, looked that up. Which Gamatra did you want to know about? It's the uh, NAEQ, the New Eon... English Kabbalah. That's at naeq.io. And Jake, you did look that up, right? Yes. And what did you get? And it had the words 93 was the top of the list. So, so for those of you who aren't aware, 93 yeah, is really big in Thelema because it's the gematria for the words, well, for the word Thelema, right? And then, or and love and will, basically. I think so. But they both have a, a gematric value of 93. So it's something Thelemites use a lot that, uh, uh, they use it as a greeting and all kinds of stuff. 93 is how they say hi to each other, stuff like that. They'll usually say, because uh, Thelema and Agape are the two words that are equivocal to 93, which uh, in order are will and love. And so Thelemites are known to say 93, and the other will respond with 93-93, which is uh, love is a law, followed by uh, love under will. And just to put the caveat in there, because it comes from Greek, and uh, Greek has about, I don't know, like 15 different words for love. But they all mean different things. So agape is uh, like brotherly love. So it's kind of like fraternity at the same time, too. Oh, that's but pretty not, cool, man. It's a good but, start. But not gay, right? But not gay. Oh, I mean, no, no, no. It's Greek. So and, and Crowley started using it. So <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't discount that. Isn't there <laughs> a, isn't there a term called going uh, Greek? Something like that. Anyways, yeah, Marshall, why don't you uh, start us off with some of your sinks too? That was cool. That was cool, uh, Jake. Thanks. But uh, Marshall, why don't you uh, 
fill us in with what you got. Well, I mean, there's there's just so much to go over, but I think I want to stick with what Jake was talking about with the NAEQ.io results, uh, specifically as it relates to Hellier. So Hellier's value is 93, <laughs> which is crazy in and of itself. But add to that the first couple of results that come back. And I think that I think that the results that come back give us an idea of what this thing is really about. And so the way that I've kind of arranged them to make sense of this whole thing is to say that among you are a million altars to the benevolent woman clothed in the sun. And I think that that's really what we're looking at. So we have this kind of, um, the, the, I think the, the whole point of the show and everything now is connected with this OTO stuff. And the real point is to create out in the world um, more interest in the OTO and more attention to this cipher and to this stuff. And I think that's really what the whole point of the email was. And based on a lot of other information that's kind of come to us since then, um, I think that secret cipher of the euphonauts and that whole thing is really, is really the, the backbone and the real important part of this. And I think we'll get to a lot of that later. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. Uh, Jerry, how about some syncs that you just mentioned you might be having in store for us? I can't remember what they were now, which is unfortunate because yeah, yeah just the whole thing about Alan Greenfield. Cause I was just, that was kind of a, a sync thing for me a few weeks ago. So that's, that's past. These are just the ripples of it now. Yeah, um, but the whole uh, whatever else you said before. However, with the Gamatri, I will say this to Jacob and Marsh, Martian or Marshall. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. Marshall. They have the same value in NAEQ.io, so it doesn't well, matter. Okay, so this is one thing. NAEQ. I've never heard of it. Not saying it's new or anything, but it's not a common Gamatria that people would cite for stuff unless it's is it used in the OTO. Is that why? Well, it's you specifically in the book, The Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts. Okay, okay, which I haven't read, so that would make sense. Never mind that. So what I will say about Gematria in general is that my, in my view of it is that each number holds a, a frequency, holds a, an energetic value, be it positive or negative. So the words that come out of those numbers would express that energy or the individuals that possess those names. So you're talking about a numerological cymatic or a standing wave or something like that, right? Something that manifests like a computer code. More like the, the energy of, of that number, of that word, whatever. So words are sigils, right? Sigils are magical symbols, and those all break down to a frequency or, multiple, or harmony of frequencies, right? So, right. Right. So those names would express that frequency. It's the opposite of a signal. And going off of that idea, would it be possible? Now, I know you're not that familiar, but would it be possible that this NAEQ tool would possibly equivocate between certain words and whatever their NAEQ value that it's equal to, would those somehow have a similar scripting capability as the other words? And that's why they're used as ciphers that are interchangeable. Sure. 
All right. I can't say yes or no, but I mean, yeah, it's possible. Cool, cool. Um, no expert. <laughs> I would like to say that, like, Go ahead. I don't necessarily personally put much stock into this NAEQ myself, but we're talking about it because it's relevant to Hellier, where they were talking about secret safe of the euphonauts. And so it's, uh, that's what it, that's why it's up relevant because that's based on it. <laughs> okay. That's, and that's two. So I have to finish watching Hellier and I have to read the book. I remember one of the sinks was, um, uh, Joe Rogan, Alex Jones thing. Oh my God. Yeah, please do do go do, do tell us specifically in which he states that the Nazis were using DMT to talk to the machine elves to get all the they were using drugs to get into an altered state to communicate with entities. Right. And gave, everybody knows this, right? So it's just it's just more confirmation, I suppose. I never heard the Nazis directly were using it. Like the Nazi scientists were. Oh, oh, he also said they're doing it still to this day, like wherever in the government. Whatever. They are doing it, you know? They, exactly. <laughs> they, to me, that's like Elon Musk and uh, <laughs> Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, I don't know. But Is Mark Zuckerberg actually a machine elf, though? That's what I want to know. No, he's, he's a bot. It's a good thing I don't use Facebook. Jake, what's going on? I was just saying that totally fits with what we were uh, talking about last time, too, with the two worlds and... Right, that was and, the uh, sink. The, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just watched the, or tried to watch the Alex Jones, Joe Rogan. I couldn't... Oh, I made it through the first, like, 20 minutes. But that was where they were talking about the, the Nazis doing... Yeah. It was like, I guess LSD was... Uh, discovered or invented or whatever you want to call it like uh, right before that i don't think you can get you can't really get like a breakthrough kind of experience on on acid no yeah not from ellis not to i mean maybe combined with ritual and everything dmt on the other hand yeah 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 absolutely dmt souls i i know those you can get out of there marshall uh, Maybe you could uh, enlighten us a little bit about the possibility of breakthroughs and experiences on LSD. Um, I don't trust LSD at all. I've only done LSD a few times, and it was uh, quite a long time ago. I, I am pretty sure that the use of LSD is something um, that's two, two purposes. One is to increase the potency of other psychedelic drugs at, in the form of a cocktail one of these MK Ultra people would use. And the other way is just by itself very strongly. And what that does is it just rips off all the filters on your mind. And so that's useful if you want to get at information that's in somebody's head and you know how to navigate to the command prompt essentially and bypass all the gobbledygook that you've turned this person's conscious mind into. Um, that's one way, you know, and the other way is basically to program somebody because if you are kind of a skilled in basically techniques of psychotherapy. You get somebody in that state that's gobbledygook. You turn their mind into nothing and it causes ego death. And if you have somebody in front of you in that state and you're skilled, you can do a lot of things to them. So I think that that's really the, the purpose of LSD. I would ascribe no spiritual value to it whatsoever. Um, to the extent that 
any drugs could have spiritual value. That was um, pretty much the MO for the Montauk project, if that was yeah. Right. yeah. Yeah. And so that that's a Calagua. Yeah. So that that's my my feeling on LSD. And then you got other stuff like psilocybin mushrooms. And those things, I think Terrence McKenna really hit the nail on the head with what was going on there. Because if, if anyone has done enough mushrooms, and again, I, I did those, but it was even longer ago than the LSD. Um, but my experience with that was essentially confirmed what Terrence McKenna said. I didn't know that until years later when I read his work. But basically, the the mushroom, I, I think, is is something that exists kind of as a higher dimensional entity in some way uh because it's just a consciousness yeah it's not it's not physical the the molecule the psilocybin molecule that's in the in the mushroom the active ingredient is basically a kind of resonator that that sits in your brain you know in in receptors that would otherwise be used for dmt or other you know trip doing kind of things and so it it sits on there and it tunes your mind into the frequency of this other entity it almost sounds like what we're talking about is what jerry said earlier about words and how words can be used to dial into a frequency right well like there's another dimension of that going on here right well yeah and i think that really it breaks down uh, to a couple of things that are interrelated and when uh, you guys were talking about the sink is merging the two worlds. Well, I think that what we're really looking at is the fact that merging the two worlds is the most important technique that humankind has. And it's the thing that's most conserved and the people that have the most power are going to want control over that. And they, they know that it exists. Right. And so for, for whatever reason, we're looking at a situation now where, those people want that technique to become diffused throughout the population. (laughs) Didn't Terrence McKenna have something to say about that the world couldn't handle more than 0.02 of the uh, percentage of the population taking psychedelics or some kind of mass psychotic breakdown would happen? I don't don't know, but I believe it. Well, let's... Let's bring Jake in for a second. And Jake, what do you got to say on this one about uh, mushrooms and LSD and uh, spiritual breakthroughs and topological control? Just go from whatever you want to with that. Well, okay, this all goes back far back forever into shamanist days, you know what I mean? Because that's what that was all about. uh, not Not necessarily psychedelics, but... Yeah, necessarily <laughs> and druids too not just the shaman yeah but uh the working with the two worlds and but it was very important to them that they, that uh, people they didn't teach it to just anybody and they had to be really schooled in knowing which entities you're connecting to and helping influence this world and how to get rid of the ones that you don't want and uh, that's kind of the big danger I see with uh, uh, putting it out there for everybody is that the main ones that are going to be popping in to say hi 
aren't the ones you want. You know what I mean? If you go out and you put up, hey, put up a sign that says free food, well, who's going to come get it from you? It's not exactly the, the cream of society, you know what I mean? You know what you could actually use a food metaphor for this is if you think about the fugu, consider how it needs to be prepared and how only a very delicate procedure can bring out the right, albeit apparently delicious, result. If you have a shaman or some other secret society initiate throughout the ages, whatever society you're in, that's basically like learning how to prepare that fugu fish, where if you give that knife, that mushroom, that LSD, that DMT to any old cook, if we're all cooks in this way, like a hierarchy of chefs, then you're going to get a whole lot of poisoned people because a whole lot of bad chemicals are going to be coming through. Yeah, the whole earth ends up eating the fugu. The whole <laughs> earth ends up eating the fugu. We could call this... Well, anyways, um, that's... that's, uh, that's I, I think that we're, we're starting to make some headway here. Jerry, you have a lot of um, water energy in your chart. Maybe uh, you can talk to us a little bit about the emotional states that you would think these, if there are higher dimensional creatures like we just mentioned, or ultra dimensional, some good, some not so good, maybe talk a little bit about emotional states and how that relates to these experiences and maybe what you would consider an appropriate emotional state to be in if you're going to attempt this kind of chefery. <laughs> chefery? Wait, I didn't catch what you were talking about, chefing up. Was it louche or people or mushrooms? So I'm asking you what kind of emotional state or state of mind or general being that a person should be in if they're going to attempt to do this kind of contact. What would an initiate look like versus, your, like Jake said, your random old guy off the street? Um, but for the person who's going to, like, look for a breakthrough type of experience with psychedelics. I would say they'd want, you'd want someone who's in a very calm emotional state, a good place in their life, mentally stable, you know, not someone who's going to get triggered. Basically, if you can, if you're pretty much trigger free, you're safe to do that. I don't think you'd want to do these kind of things for recreational purposes. It's all about set and setting. You know that. Well, this is for the listener too. I'm pretty sure we're going to get a bunch of people who are, on the same page, but it bears repeating, I think, especially if we're going to start getting into the initiatic experiences, like we said, synchronicity, and even the secret society aspects of this, especially as found in, as I call them, Paul, but Alan Greenfield's books, like Secret Cipher of the Euphonauts and The Secret Rituals of Men in Black. Those could just be stories from him tripping, too. Well, why don't we talk to Marshall for a second about this? Because I think that there might be, um, he might actually be the kind of guy who is doing exactly what you said, being in a calm, mature, emotional state of mind and not abusing these interdimensional frequencies, but rather using them to move. Right now, we'll just say some kind of plot forward. So Marshall, why don't you, as someone who's read this, and I know Jake, you have too. Um, why don't we start with you, Marshall, and see what you have to say about your impressions. Take either of the books and just go from there. Okay, so talking about secret rituals of the men in black, uh, I think what, what that book really shows, you know, it, 
it's basically the plot of Twin Peaks, right? I mean, that's that's what we're that's what we're looking at. Um, and and the fact is that Twin Peaks is really telling a story that's a very very old story. Um, <clears throat> and the whole point that it goes to in Secret Rituals of the Men in Black is that the goal that everyone is trying to conserve through all these mystical traditions, especially the stuff with lodges and um, arrange, you know, creating gateways. Like that's the idea to merge the two worlds. That's always been the idea. That's the, the source of knowledge. Um, and I think now we're, we're seeing the, the sources of some of this knowledge, depending on how you build the gateway and which one you tap into, some of the sources have their own agenda and we're kind of starting to see that that might be coming out. But, but I think that that's really the point of secret rituals of the men in black is that people have been contacting these same entities for a very long time. Okay. Good point. So they're just one dimension that gets connected to. Well, I'm glad you're asking that. Yes. That's basically a, a multi-dimensional portal. Yeah. Right. On how you construct it. You can think of it as a sphere and depending on what angle you leave it from or connect to, you get to a different dimension or timeline or well it could be the energy of a particular star like you hear the term stargate so maybe there are certain stars that are known as benevolence and other ones like al gol that are known as demonic or malefic i'd like to add on that note of both twin peaks and the secret rituals of the men in black they talk about jack parsons and the babylon working and I should add for the, for the synchronicity of the show, the show is being recorded on Monday evening. Uh, we start at 8.35, as is our want. And today is March 4th, the culminatory date, the final date in the Babylon working. 343. Three. It took, yes, I love, you can't see, but Marshall has a wonderful response to this. Um, so Jack Parsons and the um, possibly government agent, L. Ron Hubbard, both of whom appear in the secret history of Twin Peaks, which I have in hand, were part of a working that was set about to, in some ways, rip open the dimension in a way, but other people would look at it as saying, trying to manifest Babylon on the Earth as an answer to the warlike solar logos, if you will. But basically, that took place from January 4th, uh, 1946, I believe, to March 4th, this very day, 1946. So, um, Jake, why don't you give us some of your impressions on the things that we've just been covering right now about dimensional access. We've talked about it as merging the worlds, like a Vesica Pisces almost, two bubbles overlapping. Or maybe it's just dialing into a certain frequency, and depending on the intent and set and setting and mindset of the user or operant, uh, you would get a different result. So, uh, I don't know. Just go from there. Well, it's like Jerry was saying, why does it have to be two? There could be who knows how many worlds, you know what I mean? But instead of maybe the Vesica Pisces, think of more like the the Olympics symbol or something. You know what I mean? But in 10D. Yeah, yeah. And in all kinds of directions, you know? And uh, so, if you're thinking about, like he was saying, if there's depending on what angle you enter it at and they're called stargates. So what's going on in the sky with the planets 
with uh, whatever constellations, the fixed stars, and everything. The dome, as the dome moves, rotates. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> the star dome. No, 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 right. Yes. But yeah, but the created the firmament. Right. That so then you're plotting your trajectory. You know. That's why they have certain structures guy, that are made of stone that have right. a serious uh, rising kind of analog built into them because they mark these places in the sky. They even have certain uh, individual minutes marked out in their language. So there's something to what you're saying. But yeah, keep going. I got something to add to this. this I'm getting like chill. If you could see the goosebumps on my arms right now. I, I can see them. I think the audience can hear them. It's like, it's like Rice Krispies on my arms. And that's what I was saying with the with the shamans and the uh, mystery schools, secret societies, all this. That's what they were learning and teaching was to make sure that you knew how to contact what you were trying to contact and not take that left turn in Albuquerque and you know what I mean? End up, uh, so this one thing, I've been, in, uh, you know, Craigville, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite that's, place. That's the uh, next planet that NASA is going to try to float at us. They're going to get sick of Nibiru and planet X and they're going to come at us with Crapville. <laughs> so I was, I, what he, what he said sparked an idea. That's what gave me goosebumps was this thing. I heard recently someone was talking about lower, the lower fourth dimension and the entities that exist there and they're nasty, blah, blah. Parasitic. Parasitic. Definitely predatory. Definitely. This person said she, she was talking about 40 and then she said, well, you could just call it space. And I've had this thought before that space is the fourth dimension and maybe the stars truly are gates to those dimensions or through their gates through the fourth to those dimensions. That's what gave you the Rice Krispie arms? Yes. That's uh, That's got to be your hip hop name. I swear to God, it's got to be. Rice Krispie uh, arms? DJ Rice Krispie arms. Um, DJ RK. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think that's actually very valid from my, I would say like neophyte perspective, since I'm still learning about all of this stuff. Let me add one more thing like to that. Something there. What, if, what if it's not only a Stargate, but an escape route? What if humanity in the past had always had the choice to leave or come here? You know, when, before you die, you live a life before you die, you can just, oh, I want to go, you know, to Al Gore, Al Ghul, whatever you said it was, right? You don't want to go there. I don't, but maybe somebody did. I well, they did just, name the Batman villain after, uh, was it, Raz Al Ghul, right? Yeah. That's also where alcohol comes from, and that's why they call it booze and things like that. And it opens up your firewalls and spirits can get attached to you. You're not kidding. So, moving forward, Marshall, you've been quiet. It's your turn. So, I, I think that <clears throat> what Jerry's just brought up is actually very important because what he's just connected are the two most important techniques and or technologies that the human race absolutely must never lose which are one the ability to communicate with the other worlds two predicting your own or someone else's reincarnation 
And so these are the most important techniques of the human race. So the reason is all that that is the method of the conservation of the collected wisdom of the human race. And this is why we have the spiritual adepts and everything. Like you have to keep the lineage going. Like there has to be a human being who is essentially, you know, a, a human being or a group of them who are essentially the psychometric object for the collected wisdom that's come before. And a lot of times this happens, you know, in shamanic traditions and, you know, in other places. But what the mystery schools are really all about, and I think people should understand this, is that what the mystery schools are, are essentially groups of these advanced humans who are conserving this knowledge throughout time. And it comes from very, very long ago. I mean, it goes back to the time when the solar system didn't look like it does now. I mean, they, they go back that far. And the way we look at them now, I think also, I'm not sure the exact truth of it, but we're given to understand that these groups all know about each other, which they, you know, at the high levels, they most certainly would because the techniques that they use are very, very powerful psychic te techniques, and they're very good at these things. And, and that information hasn't been hidden from them for thousands of years. Right, exactly. And it's a, it's a very complex and nuanced process, and it, it is the way it is so that it can't get hacked. And I think that when we look at mystery schools which is a thing that gets thrown around a lot now is that yeah i mean there there are these really advanced beings on earth and they've been here for a long time and but they're us they're not somebody else they're humans just like you and me were at one point maybe, uh, maybe not well that's my it, my that's my opinion man and if we're talking about secret rituals of the men in back men in black that was consequently also Greenfield's opinion in the end of that was, you know, the, the sources of our greatest assistance and benefit, um, especially as it pertains to anything related to ET or the new eon or the coming of whatever, uh, our greatest assets and assistance are human beings who have achieved the goal already. I'm glad that you mentioned that. And I, I just, I hope that, it might not be in this show, but what you said about the two most important, um, the connection with the other side and the preparation for our next incarnation, just astounding insight, I will say. Um, and before I turn it over to Jake, I'm going to read a quick paragraph out of this because what comes to my mind is, yes, there are initiates. Yes, there are more evolved. But just to use that cook or the chef metaphor, there are some cooks who want to prepare the food as best as they can to feed and nourish the humans so that the rest of the humans can eventually evolve to that point. And then there are other cooks. So those would be the white brothers, the white hats. There are other cooks who have their own their, – I, I, I don't understand the left-hand path as well as I could, I suppose, but they want to poison everyone and keep us in a state of delusion. So it's I'm going to read this. The role they choose here. It is, but um, – it's not that it's not over and said and done with just that they choose it because it has real implications, especially ostensibly for I'd assume the four of us would choose to help 
be the white hat chefs, at least, you know, here on this chat when people are listening to us, but I'm going to read boring after, you know, six, 700 times. You might want to try the other. You might, you might learn from touching the stove though. Sometimes you play horde. Sometimes you play Alliance. Of course, that's a zero stakes video game unless you're playing for money, but let's get on to the um, paragraph here that uh, is inspired by what Marshall says. This is taken from page 91, not 93, 91 of Secret Rituals of Men in Black. And it says, I have said that the Earth has never been taken over by capital A aliens. Notice how Neil Armstrong, never mind. But a substantial core of what became the Nazi party in Germany, which came closer to control of the world than many of us today realize had been members of the Thule group or the Vril Society before the Nazi rose to power, rise to power. These groups were in contact with the Greys and some of their human allies in Tibet. In point of fact, Hitler, Alfred Rosenberg, and the and Thule group leader Dietrich Eckhart began meeting as clearly as 1920. I'll add that there's an evil character in Twin Peaks named Eckhart. The Thule group was in communication with alien beings who asserted a claim to the planet Earth and offered Hitler and company a piece of the action. But the real leader of this unholy human-alien alliance, I wonder if that's a Lavenda nod, was General Karl Haushofer, a close associate of Rudolf Hess, who effectively wrote Hitler's Mein Kampf. Hess ultimately identified Haushofer as, in quotes now, the magician, the secret master of the Nazi revolution. Hess, the last survivor of, Nazi, of the Nazi leadership and the last known member of the Thule group, finally died at Spandau Prison, and here's your 93, at the age of 93, and under most mysterious circumstances only a few years ago. So before we turn it to Jake, it does sound like there are groups that are being definitely in contact with these other beings and yet it's not all just about aliens it's about what humans decide to do with those influences and i think jerry later will talk about what these aliens or grays could be but for now jake where where are you at right now what do you want to say to all of this um yeah there's definitely been people in contact with all kinds of things for Longer than we have written records, that's for sure. And uh, that's probably how we got writing. <laughs> but uh, uh, I like the, something Dr. Paul Clark told me one time, actually, was that, uh, which I just like to, I already kind of knew that, like, but I like the way he said it. Said that uh, with magic, what makes it white or black isn't, the actual procedure, it's why you're doing it. The so intention. If you're summoning a demon from hell, if you're doing it to help somebody, then it's not black magic. That's just stupid magic. <laughs> if you don't the have of the evening, magic, folks. Black magic. That's the quote of the evening. What is it, Jer? If you do something to someone without their consent, it changes something on them that could be considered not light music, not, not light magic. I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jake, do you uh, want to say anything else before we kick it over to Marsh? Um, one thing I wanted to touch on that Jerry was talking about, like what if the stars are the escape hatches 
Well, if they're portals, then and can come and go. Some of them would be escape hatches for us, but <laughs> they could also be somebody else's escape hatch to here. <laughs> right, and we don't have any kind of map, so. Yeah, well, the four of us don't right now. Uh, Marshall. Marshall does. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't have the map, but I do have two uh, points that I want to talk about. Two is your number this evening. Well, I, yeah. Hopefully we can unite the opposites. Non, non-binary. <laughs> so, uh, first one, as to what Jake was talking about. So if you do something that would surface be considered black magic, but you do it to help somebody, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter the action. It matters the intention. I, I think that this is actually something that the Tibetan Buddhists dealt with quite well, right? Because the whole thing that they did was basically the Buddha. And All right. Well, I hope you're enjoying this melange potpourri or pepper paprika pope melange pope delicious okay so i hope you're enjoying the show <laughs> a fitting um midtro as i call these uh, middle sections midtros you got your intro your midtro and your outro so um the episode kind of cut off early if you noticed the uh sudden changeover in the show that was uh what happened the zoom just stopped recording so we're gonna just throw this midtro in kind of middle of the show here middle ish and uh it's basically gonna serve as an introduction to the second half or second two-thirds of the show but this is where the folks who donate between 50 and 200 dollars would get their messages read and uh without further ado let us on bitjisha so hi, welcome to the Six of Cups. This is an extended series to the second episode of the Six of Cups. Tonight we have with us Taylor and Jake back from the first episode that we did on Ellier. And uh, we're just going to jump right into it. So tonight we're going to be talking about uh, you know, our usual myriad of topics, but we're going to start off by focusing on the seeming uh, occulting of occult, how you say, uh, social media accounts. And uh we're going to let Jake start with this one. But first, uh, before we do, just uh, why don't you guys say hello. Jake, say hi. Hey, everybody. And Taylor, what's up? How's it going? All right. And those were our pleasant introductions. So, uh, Jake, what do, you, uh, what do you want to start us off on with this kind of um, menagerie of bullshittery? What do, you, what do you have to say about this and, uh, you know, uh, the topic of occulting the occult on social media? Um, well... In the past, what is it, 24, 36 hours or something, it's become really obvious on YouTube. They had mentioned they were going to be doing that. but uh, And it's not just occult topics. It's pretty much any, any type of alternative thought whatsoever that differs from go work 40 hours and <laughs> come home and Watch TV until you go to sleep. <laughs> if it's not CNN or Fox News, then they don't want you looking at it. So, um, yeah, let's uh, tell her. What do you what do you make of that? Because I think Jake's onto something here, and I think that uh, 
we're not even the first ones to really be talking about this, but it's uh, befitting for us to throw our voices in the ring. Yeah, I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos um, of, you know, all kinds of different varieties, but YouTube, when it picks, you know, these recommended videos for you, it kind of chooses um, based on algorithms, which are based on what you watch. And um, for some reason, they like to throw in a lot of stuff that you don't watch or that's totally unrelated to things that you would watch. Uh, I don't know why they do that, but for the most part, my stream is uh, a lot of, or my, my feed is a lot of like video game related videos. Um, I watch one specific type of video game video. I watch GTA videos. I try to avoid most of the other ones. Uh, but then I also look up like videos about you know how to do certain rituals or how to, um, you know, videos on different topics, um, interviews, documentaries, stuff like that. And then I don't get those recommended to me. So I don't know. It's kind of strange. Um, uh, I think I, you know, it, it, everyone's feed becomes very different from each other's. And I, I think there's a lot of like fragmentation going on, but there's people that are like in different niches together on here. But uh, it does seem like they've been obscuring some of that kind of deeper material, I guess. <laughs> I mean, two thoughts come to mind to both of your points. One is that uh, we'll start with the latter point uh, and go backwards seems to be that maybe what's being suggested to us are things that, you know, have been through our data collection and all of that other stuff proven that we might show an interest in. And that might be enough to kind of pull us back onto a path, you know, waste our time with this, waste our time with that. But uh, I think the main issue at hand, besides it being if we're talking about ETs, UFOs, uh, alternative technology, free energy, uh, magical ritual, uh, just basic spells. I think that maybe, uh, what do you guys think about this idea? Maybe it's a way of hurting people. So hurt H E R D I N G hurting people so that the real power stays with those who can have it while others are being discouraged from having that. Is that what we're looking at here or what are the other nuances? Jake, take it away. Well, here's my view on it. Here's what I'm thinking has happened uh, this is 2019. We've got an election coming up next year. And Twitter, Facebook, all of those played such a huge role in the last election where the, the mainstream media, they picked their candidate and she lost. You know? Now, I'm not going to get into my personal views on that. <laughs> Politics. I hate politics, but, uh, <laughs> but there's, uh, it's so the idea is the, they're trying to buck that effect is I think the main thing behind it, that, and probably having to do with the election year coming up too. And a lot of the things that's happened since then, there's a lot of information that's about to come out, you know? Would you like, care to speak uh, about a little about that directly? Yeah, yeah. Like, say, um, okay, so, like, like the Mueller report's supposed to be coming in now and stuff, right? And, obviously, it's been three years now. They were going to find something. They're going to find it. 
it would have found it by now, you know what I mean? So obviously it was all a big whatever, you know. A whitewash. Yeah, hogwash. I was, I was gonna try not to use profanity. So hogwash is a good way to go. <laughs> Just what we we gotta give him as few reasons as possible to want to censor this, right? Exactly. Because they're gonna want to anyway. No no one mentioned the Illuminati. <laughs> Oh, too late. <laughs> now we'll get that little Wikipedia strip at the bottom if if we publish this on YouTube. So far, we haven't done. So. No, nah, we're just using Simplecast right now, and they seem like some pretty chill cats over there. Yeah. So uh, you're thinking it could be uh, quashing the – see, I, I'm kind of a little confused. Maybe you can help me just understand. So you think they're quashing um, occult and UFO and paranormal and Illuminati – uh, topics, right, right, right. You know, let them let them know who we are, right? So, um, you think they're quashing these? But wouldn't you say, like, on the flip side of that, like having all that mess out there, right? Mess, wouldn't that be useful to distract from this BS Mueller 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 report? Well, okay, and there is plenty to distract from it, and that's why I'm expecting some more big stuff to be hitting the news soon. But like, um. What, just two days ago, there was the big shooting in New Zealand, right? God rest the victims of that. Yeah. And uh, there was some interesting stuff with that, too, because there was like a, you know, it was live streamed on Facebook, which is part of this, because they probably, you know, so they, Facebook was one of the biggest ways they wanted, one biggest things they wanted to bring down. You know. Well, yeah. let's get let's get into that shooting in a second. I feel like we should let uh, Taylor jump in for one sec. Sure. About the social media stuff. Yeah, just or or you know, just take us where you're going with this. Uh, I think that our our um, our con- collective um, meta mind spirit here is going to just be able to take itself in the direction we need to go in. So go with how you want, and then we'll get back to you know I don't. I don't want to interrupt anyone, but just keep your thoughts the best you can, and we'll get back to Jake in a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't uh, really use Facebook or Twitter very much, so I'm not really – I don't know much about you know, what's going on there. Are you but, even real? Or do, am I talking to you right now? <laughs> um, I, I do watch YouTube, but that's about the extent of the social media that I use. Um, but – I don't know. It's like, I feel like a lot of that content is being, you know, not, not necessarily censored, but sort of like put into the background um, it being like, you know, more of the uh, like occult or paranormal or 14 or whatever, that kind of stuff is being kind of dropped into the background because, you know, I really think a lot of it is because of the algorithms, just trying to pull people towards advertiser friendly content. And uh, a big part of, all of this other stuff is that it's, it's, you know, it can be controversial and there's like, um, advertisers don't like that stuff. They like stuff that's safe for like children to watch and that kind of thing. Uh, you know, so that's the direction I've seen things going in. Uh, and it's kind of sad to me because I don't care at all about the advertisers. I don't watch ads on YouTube. So, you know, what you're going to do, but well, to your point, I don't think a lot of people really care about the advertisers. Elsewise, they wouldn't need to be hawking shit that we don't want to get our attention and money. 
Well, the people who care about the advertisers are the people who run the YouTube channels that are, are making money from the advertisers. Like they're, okay. they're using that as, as, you know, big sources of income for themselves, which is really cool. I'm glad people can make a career of something like YouTube, but it, it sucks because it seems more recently in the last few years, they've been moving in this direction where YouTube is giving the advertisers more control over which videos get their bid first, I guess. Um, and a lot of that is because of backlash that happened, I think over a year ago now, um, where I guess during the, the last election, I think there was a lot of like controversial videos on YouTube that had ads, ads for like Coca-Cola or Ford trucks or whatever. Right. And those were kind of like screenshotted on these like, you know, videos that, that were, um, taboo or whatever. Right. And then it became kind of this big issue in, in the, uh, the media for a little while. And that's sort of when a lot of those advertisers uh, turn the tables, I guess, on YouTube. I don't know. Well, there's the whole Elsa gate thing, which I think is what you're referring to, but what, I almost think that? that was set up. So well, you, you go ahead. I wanted to shift over to you now. So uh, take what Taylor said and maybe combine it with what you were saying before. And yeah, go ahead and bring in that Elsa gate crap too. And that whole frazzle drip. Yeah. Frazzle drip, Elsa gate. That was some craziness there. So for those who aren't aware of what that is, if you've been living under a rock. Yeah. Um, or in Iraq. Or in Iraq, yeah. <laughs> then uh, Elsa Gate was, there's these weird videos that like had like Spider-Man and Elsa and some weird, really adult, not kid-appropriate situations. But it was like videos that, okay, you're – Kids are gonna look up Elsa or Spider Man or And Elsa's the uh the Elsa Disney character from Frozen. Is that what that is? Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks. Frozen. And uh so that's why it was called Elsa Gate because Okay. There's all kinds of stuff like that going on. That's kind I don't of think that was set up because like Disney if you Disney is one of the most notorious uh, copyrights sewers there is so why weren't they giving them the copyright violations why was this allowed to happen on YouTube but you play a Devo song it's a little shout out to the Arctic so yeah yep, yep. <laughs> just well it's actually a lot easier to to kind of spot um, music related things because the content ID system can actually sort of, it, it, it picks up on um, even just a couple seconds of audio and it, it pins whatever song is playing or whatever to that video and um, royalties, if the video is monetized royalties from that actually go to the copyright holder, uh, which is kind of fucked up in a lot of ways. Even if the video only includes like a few seconds of, of a song in the background, like as you walked into a restaurant or something. So yeah. the question is, were these Elsa gave videos using Elsa's name in the title? Because that would seem to be yeah. like yeah. as effective as hearing a seven second algo caught clip. Does no, that's, that's not how the content ID system works though. It, it, it doesn't care about like titles and stuff. I mean, it, it does look at titles, but it's, it's caring more about like the audio in a video and um, also the video itself. So it'll compare like, for instance, if it was uh, a few seconds of frozen itself, that would be one thing, right? Because then it would it would scan that and say, oh, this is copyrighted material because this is a, a movie that Disney made. Whereas if it's just the likeness of Elsa, 
it's more of a gray area and it's harder for the, the machines to actually tell what's going on. You yeah. know your shit, yeah. my man. For a while you can find on YouTube where it'd be that whole movie, but it'd have them with the weird. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Microsoft, uh, yeah, they'll put it on there with like the light or like they're like it's projected in a movie theater or whatever like that. Cause then it changes the. Yep, the, exactly. Then it doesn't trip the, the copyright thing. But so uh, you, I, I would just yeah. like to say quickly, Jake, that you were right about the uh, RX only picture show. That was episode 33, by the way. Just yep. uh, no, nothing to see here, folks. Uh, nothing to. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here. But uh, basically, they played a Devo clip, and they had an excellent show that night. It went like four and a half hours or something. They were killing it. And then, of course, you know, a Discordian type, you know, they, they got the Discordian uh, golden apple thrown at them. And uh, they they had to take that down, right, and uh, re-upload it without the song. Is that what happened? Oh, they got a copyright strike for it. And they had a – and so, like, YouTube automatically removed the video, and then they had to up – and another copy of it without the uh, yeah with that clip removed. But then I think they removed the copyright strike once they were like challenged it or whatever because it's it's up again. So let's turn this all back and around to our original premise that occult videos and uh, even I mean, is there anything that just recently happened besides maybe a Mueller report or an upcoming election? Can we think of some other reasons why this might be happening? Is there something that just like suddenly got popular that catalyzed this or what's going on? What do you think, Jake? Well, there's also this whole, uh, which I'm almost certain is a psyop with the thing with the, uh, what's that thing? They're coming out with the new U UFO videos and stuff like TTSA? that. From, uh, huh? TTSA? Yeah, that's it. TTSA with the guy from Blink-182 or whatever it is. Tom DeLong? Tom DeLong? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I have a bit of a stutter tonight. Yeah, I shouldn't be too hard though. He's a brother Freemason, so I, I guess I should. Uh, I think he's actually a Prince Hall Freemason uh, too, or so I don't know. Just throwing that out there. Is nice, nice. I like him. So please continue. So anyway, he. Uh, but that just reeks of controlled narrative. You know what I mean. People so, think that he's an unwilling like They think that he's kind of like a. They think that Tom means well, but you know he's excited. But like, they're using. Well, and that doesn't mean he just. It's because he, even if he believes what he's saying is the truth, doesn't necessarily mean it is. You know, you can feed somebody information and. They'll think it's true, especially if it's coming from certain sources. Because wasn't he in the Podesta emails? You know? Which yeah, is, yeah. Is, yeah they were making sure that they won't be on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, what if we find out that Elsagate and the TTSA are connected somehow, right? Right. Well, and how would they be connected? Who, who heavily invested into to uh google through the alphabet what is alphabet inc or whatever i don't know what that is you're gonna have to uh, enlighten, oh, enlighten us. the parent company for google who owns youtube and everything is alphabet inc i believe it's called and uh they were heavily invested in by 
Ah, the name escapes me right at the moment, but it's the CIA front company. And they, they also heavily invested in Facebook and probably Twitter and Reddit too, I would imagine. At this point in the conversation, I'm wondering how many people are ever going to hear this podcast, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. let's, uh, let's let let's let taylor say something quickly maybe we can filter it down before uh the archon uh bots get too too hip to our drive taylor what are you thinking about this baby uh that's a lot to take in i didn't i didn't know that uh alphabet had companies investing in it like that i knew so alphabet is really weird it's basically what 2013 i think google uh bought itself and changed its name to alphabet so now Google, as you know it, is just Google.com, and that is a holding company that owns all the other things like YouTube and Gmail and Google Docs and all that shit. That's news to me. Yeah, so Alphabet is what Google used to be, which is the overall company. So Alphabet is owned by, at least as far as I was aware, is owned by Sergey Brin and Larry Page, or at least one of the two. Um, and those are the original creators, two of the, I think, three original creators of YouTube or of uh, Google. But um, yeah, Alphabet owns all that now actually their website is abc.xyz because when you have that much money you can do anything so <laughs> i'm just noticing that google has six letters and so does abc I, I i failed the alphabet tonight but yeah hopefully uh hopefully i'll win their favor and they'll let this video stay up there eh? 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 so yeah. um that's interesting jake what do you think about the connection to twitter with this alphabet company and you know, I mean, you expressed earlier, uh, if it's all right to say this, that there was uh, some high jinkeries going on on the Twitters as well. So maybe tie this together for us. Well, yeah. And uh, so if you look at what happened with Alex Jones not too long ago, which, you know, think what you want to about Alex Jones, but you can see it as a trial run for this. It wasn't just Alex Jones, too. They did Alex Jones. YouTube tried to take down some of the more popular, like, conspiracy-type channels like Free Thought Project and uh, – uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Oh, it wasn't like Project Veritas or anything like that, right? Uh, I'm not sure about Project Veritas. That I seemed know. like something they would want to try to take down, too, but then they yeah. I know that Truthstream Media is still doing okay, and that's kind of surprising that they're still around uh, with all these hammers being thrown, you know? Yeah, they were actually in my recommended videos still. I thought that was weird because I'm like, there should be one of the ones you would think would be like top of the list. Well, now that we've said this, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, well, this won't go on YouTube, so that's a good thing. Hell no, baby. Yeah. Have you guys... Tell us title um, like don't look for this on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Taylor, go ahead. Have you guys ever heard of or seen the YouTube channel Exurbia? E X U R B one A? No, I haven't. No? Okay. Jake, um, have you? I I watch so much YouTube, it's hard to say. Okay. Okay. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, why don't you tell us? I, I kind of look up to the guy who runs it because uh is also a philosophy major or you know he, he got a philosophy degree like i did a useless bachelor of philosophy but um, i has one of those too so that makes three of us <laughs> there you go <laughs> he uh, he makes these videos up basically about philosophical topics or kind of like speculation yeah basically <laughs> but uh he uh i you know he puts out some of the best quality content i've seen on youtube in terms of like headiness or things that people I feel like should be watching and contemplating. 
um, or, you know, <laughs> partially anyway, you know, it's a little slice of things, but um, I don't often get a lot of his videos uh, recommended to me, which is, is kind of weird. You guys should check it out if, if you get a chance. And anyone listening, I guess, should check out Exerbia. He's got a million subscribers. Hell yeah. But you've never heard of him. Most people haven't, which is unfortunate. A million people have, though. Well, a million people that might be bots. But anyways, um, yeah, I'll check it out. And I'll put that in the show notes. Um, Jake, is there anyone out there that you really like that you haven't seen been... Um, accessible lately almost everybody i noticed yesterday when i got on pretty much my whole feed was like disappeared <laughs> well let's uh let's do the good work of naming some names um well let me see here i'll just go ahead and take a look at my my youtube suggestions how about that true stream media is on there oh Guess who is on here that I haven't watched in years, but somehow made it on here. Who? Logos Media. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's keep moving. So who's not on here? Uh, SB Alger's not on here. I know he just put in a video because he told me. He's not on here. Um, you probably watch him more than like a lot of other channels because you're there every week. I am too, so we know that. Yeah, but I usually see every video that he puts out right away because I'm on. I'm always watching his live stream, and yep, they do that thing with the chat box so people can see that you're on there. Yeah, SGT report was the one I was trying to think of that that they tried to take down before, and uh. He's obviously not Freeman. Freeman Fly. He hasn't popped up. He never see him on Twitter either. I know he posts on Twitter re regularly, but and I've been following him for years and years. He never makes it into my feed. But you know who was making it into my feed? Oddly enough, was uh, David Wilcock. That's <laughs> not that odd when you think about it. Yeah, because they don't really know the uh, the uh, context. They just hear names mentioned and similar concepts mentioned. So. Well, I guess what I meant by that, Jake, is that he's obviously a fake. Uh, the controlled narr narrative gig? Well, it's, just, it's that, and he's also like the... I mean, he's part of that whole Corey Good TTSA blue chicken thing. Which uh, I know the um, the audience can't see what I'm doing here besides flashing my tatas, but <laughs> got my blue chicken shirt on right now. So yeah, where do you uh, get one of those? Because I want one. All right, uh, it was the um, it's got a uh, no SSPTM uh, hashtag on it. That was during the uh, whole fiasco where they were trying to copyright the secret space program. So. All I'm saying is that it, it kind of makes sense that some of the scummier ones are out there. But, you know, I mean, like, I don't see Dark Journalist having any problems. I don't see him getting shot down in flames. He's going strong as he well, should because he, he makes great material. Actually, I'm seeing that because usually I would get some of his old videos in my suggested because I watch him a lot. And I don't see anything from him. 
I don't see anything from uh, 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 news and views from the Nefarium. Uh, Dr. Joseph Farrell? Joseph Farrell. I don't see anything from him in here. Um, what else am I not seeing? Well, while you're thinking, let's let Taylor get on the mic for a second. Taylor, is there anyone that's notable that you haven't seen on your feed? No, I mean, not a whole lot. Most So, okay. So, actually, let me explain what, what I have done with YouTube. Um, I've been kind of studying what YouTube is doing, like how the algorithms work and stuff. So, I've been trying to break it and just see what happens. Um, uh, at some point, I used to watch a lot of, like, different types of videos. And at some point, I switched over to watching basically only videos from one channel and it was a channel that does um role play videos in grand theft auto 5 um and i i watched all of those videos i let my let my youtube thing watch just those without ever clicking on anything else and then clicking not interested in everything else that popped up so for a while i had my entire feed was just this one guy's channel everything it recommended me you know it, it showed my subscriptions which is whatever, but everything was recommending me was just different videos from this guy. Then eventually those ran out. And as soon as they ran out, I got flooded with all kinds of videos that I don't, I don't know any of these channels. I don't care about any of these topics. They just started leaking in randomly. Um, so at this point, my YouTube channel, my YouTube um, recommended feed is kind of screwed up. Um, and I haven't really seen anything that I've normally watched on YouTube. So I'll say this, first of all, how good are those GTA five videos? <laughs> um, they're uncanny. They're very, very creepy because what they're doing is role playing uh, police interactions with criminals and okay. it, it gets too real. Sometimes it's really, really funny. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. Bedroom intruders coming to mind, but yeah, uh, I think I just dated all four of three of us here, but um, you know what? Yeah. So, Here's here's what I'm thinking, and I'll pass it back off to Jake. I'm thinking that this is a passing phase. That's I'm going to go out and say that right now. I think that if we are magicians worth half our salt, that this is going to be a passing phase, and that, in fact, this was a calm before a positive storm. And what I mean by that is the following, right? Here's what I'm saying. I think that we're looking at a critical mass of people who are starving for information. And I'm not talking about everyone because there's going to be 50 million something subscribers who just want to watch, you know, whatever. But there are people who are at a critical mass point, I think. And it's always, it's always been leading up to this. I think we're heading towards a point where more people are going to be switching over to videos of content like SB Alger, like the RX Only Picture Show with Jim and Tracy and great guests like Jim Egan and Dark Journalist and Knox Mente. I think that people are starving for this. And I think the reason that we're seeing these hits against Mind and Magic and Taliesin McKnight and Uncle Birch and people like that is because of that interest that's burgeoning. But just like in Star Wars, 
As the dark side of the force tries to muster its strength, the light side bursts through and kicks ass. So I want you guys to respond to that. Jake, hit it. Well, this totally, most people, uh, you know, but probably most of our listeners aren't aware that actually I've been building for the past year now uh, a system of platforms that can't be censored and um, you know, it'll, the, it'll be open source. So the algorithm on what makes it into your feed, you'll actually be able to see it and you'll have complete control over it. Things like that. And, uh, and yeah, this is the best thing that could happen for me because everybody who's interested in those kinds of things will be looking for alternatives. And there really isn't a viable one at the moment. There's a few out there that say they do that, but they don't really, you know? And uh, so, so like I said, I think this is like the best thing that could be happening to me right now. So you're saying a problem like this presents a gigantic opportunity for an entrepreneurial mindset that's willing to step up to the plate and do something about it. Yep. And fortunately, I foresaw this coming a while back and started working on it. So, so we do have a solution coming soon. Where are we in that project? However much you want to talk about here for people who are for all five billion of our audience members, how how much do how much do you want to say about where you're at with that project right now? How soon can we expect this? Um, I would say two three months. The first platform should be released and it should be quickly after that you know the first one's a twitter alternative and uh but even it's like monetized and stuff too so the way it works and uh we've got a lot of things in store for it and it's not just uh the social and user creative media that we're doing too because that'll be the first things to go but uh well, one of the great things about YouTube was that people could make a living from it. Jobs are getting automated left and right, stuff like that. And our economies are just changing all over the place. And uh, so we're also like getting in on the ground floor of a new economy where people can take their the whole idea of the centralized corporation that you go to work for and everything or centralized social media. The whole idea of centralization has fallen apart. Well, I like to hear that. So let's just tie it back around before we pass it over to Taylor. What do you think about the actual content itself that people are going to start turning more towards that and that instead of this minor blockade that we're going through right now, that it's going to break through and that we're going to see an unprecedented amount of interest in actual content with substance? Yeah, that's... Uh Cause nobody, well, that's one of the big things. Nobody watches the mainstream media anymore. Like nobody watches CNN and Fox news at all. Like you well, they more- must have some viewers, right? Cause they're still kicking at it. Yeah. But even at their highest times of the day, they might have 150,000. A fraction of what they once had. Right. Yeah. While a YouTube video, some, some YouTubers get over a hundred thousand views in the first hour, you know, so yeah. there's, there's like people 
alternative media here making videos that get more views in an hour than than mainstream media gets during the same hour and they're pumped into every house and airport and everything else in the world you know out with the old and in with the new jake thank you taylor what do you have to say about that i think it's uh, going to be an interesting future for media i think uh things are definitely getting decentralized, which is, which is good. And I think, um, you know, Facebook for so long was on top of the hill with a lot of this stuff. And it's finally, you know, that, that giant is being chipped away at. And I think, um, with, you know, advents of new platforms coming out, like you said, Jake, you know, creating that kind of stuff that's going to help, um, bring people together. And also, uh, I just want to pimp out discord. Discord is one of the coolest things in the world. It's, you know, we, we use it for, kind of organizing these little chats and stuff, but discord is kind of like a really great way to build communities uh, like ad hoc, just, you know, for free, unlimited, and just kind of like whenever, wherever you want. Uh, so it's, it's a organized things like that. I think. The future right on, man. So I guess to take it from where we've been going with this to China, kind of change it around a bit. What would be some content that we're not seeing right now that you would want to see out there that you think that we're heading towards with kind of the next evolution of where the puzzle piece is being put together by previous information that was groundbreaking and alternative, but also that has stood the test of time. Jake, what do you think the next evolution of topic is going to be? Um... Well, I think people don't realize how much the occult is entrenched in their lives. They think, oh, that's just some weird stuff that some weird people get into, and they don't realize they're constantly, it's constant, like our whole our whole civilization is built based on the Western mystery tradition Unless you've actually studied it, you don't realize that. But but it is. And uh, so uh, that's the type of information that people will need to know. And I think they're going to want to know is uh, the stuff behind what they're seeing so they can understand it. Because they know that at this point they know there's something going on, but they don't know what. Let's let Taylor answer that question. Then we're going to circle back around and fill that in even further, I think. Taylor, what do you think about that? Uh, remind me of the question. What kind of content would you like to see being created that is going to be kind of like the next level evolution, maybe a specific topic or two? More things like Hellier. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see more kind of like syncretism going on, kind of bringing together various aspects of the anomalous because you know and i think it'll always sort of remain on the fringe but i think that you know the 14 and the weird kind of is coming about in a way that people are starting to look at it in a more serious light rather than just kind of the tabloid sort of spooky light of the 19 whatever you know we're, we're in the we're in the 2000 you know coming up the 2020s now and we're we're in a new a new time and a new era where I think that a lot of that stuff can be talked about more openly. So more content like that. I'm really glad that you said that. I'll say this right now for my piece. 
I think that we are witnessing the rehaunting of the world as we've spoken of on our last round table. I think what we're witnessing is the, the Pope taking LSD naked in the middle of the square. But basically what we're seeing is that a lot more people are going to be getting into the weird and the weird is going to become mainstreamed. And it's kind of like a mass psychic breakdown of society in a sense. And I don't mean chaos. I don't mean anarchy. I don't mean lawlessness or anything like that. What I do mean is that people are going to start to realize, as both of you guys have said right now, that there is a lot more going on beneath the surface. And I think that because of the chaos, look at, you know, we don't need to go into like how crazy it is with, you know, the highest office in the so-called highest land and the situation that it's in. And I'm not for or against. I'm simply saying that we're in some weird freaking times right now where a guy who was on world wrestling is just in another form of uh, political, is, is in a political version of the world wrestling theater. And I think that that's in the tendrils of that are reaching out into the psyche of everyone and that the only recourse left is to look directly at what's beneath. And I think that the hellier type content is going to become a lot more popular. I think that's going to be a lot more mainstream, Stranger Things style. But to that effect, there is an extreme amount of responsibility that I think we should talk about with this as we go down this path tonight. Because we're only going to go for a little bit longer. But I think that one important facet is to talk about, all my immature jokes aside, is that this is the warp and woof and fabric of the actual coding of our reality, the subconscious melding into the consciousness. And I want to talk briefly right now about the responsibility that we have so that we can swim in these waters of the subterranean mindset coming to surface safely, usefully, and for the overall collective evolution of our species. So, Jake, maybe go and touch upon that, please. Yeah. Well, this all kind of rolls together because when we're getting into this, that's what I was saying was that the occult really has everything to do. Everything is connected. Those And so what we're seeing, like, in the, the 40 and stuff, right, we're saying uh, – People are starting to figure out that uh, UFOs, cryptids, ghosts, they're all like similar phenomena, you know, things that people thought were completely separate. And those are all touching on the occult. That's where the work of Alan Greenfield starts getting interesting. But it's not just that, too. Politics, politics has a lot to do with it. Economics really is deeply into the occult. And these are the types of things that people don't understand and they're going to need to. And uh, until not, until like, you know, relatively recent in the grand scheme of things, but the probably the past couple thousand years, pretty much everybody's whole life was initiatory. You had a coming-of-age ritual. Every culture had a coming-of-age ritual at 12 or 13 or whenever, they're, whenever they, that particular culture had it. And then each step in your life was initiatory. And that's something that got, for whatever reason, I'm not going to 
get into that, but that's something that our culture no longer has. Well, at least not out in the open because it definitely has it, but it's people don't realize that's what's happening. And, uh, my tree stream media just had a, uh, video about that not too long ago is, are we all being initiated that one right or i think it was like the society realized we're being initiated or something well yeah I think that's even closer to the title yep yeah and uh so as it comes to the responsibility for it those of us who are aware of these types of things need to start pointing it out so that people can more consciously partake of these things and they're not being guided like a, you know, the donkey falling on the dangling carrot. You know? <laughs> well, speak. Taylor, take it away. Well, uh, speaking of, I, in the next few minutes here, I'm going to go do a little bit of initiation myself um, in a conscious way, right? Instead of, <laughs> you know, I, that, that got me thinking though, something like, uh, in Jewish culture, like a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah is, you know, an explicit like uh, initiation at that age of like, I don't know what, 13, something like that. That's uh, in right. A, you know, sort of like Christian consumerist American culture, we have um, things like, you know, um, a sweet 16 party or, you know, stuff like that where you have these kind of uh, commercialized or, or sort of material based initiations, you know, coming of age rooted in uh in you know property goods and and money and gifts and stuff like that and you know <laughs> high school graduations also yeah. a big one or even going from elementary school to junior high and then junior high to high school sure it's uh, in the places of that you know i do on on that note though i do i got to get going so i can prepare for this but, I gotta um, say though, you're about to go do a. Uh, may I say that it's a uh, what type of ritual? Well, it's a it's a sun ritual, so it's no accident that you're talking about doing this out in the open and in the light, as it is a ritual about exactly about a sphere or a plane that is dedicated to that very principle. So I'll I'll talk with Jake for a little while longer, but we gotta lose Taylor for the uh, rest of this chat this evening. But uh, good sir, thank you for being on, and uh, thank you for so. Thank you so much for what you brought to the table tonight. I think it's oh, been absolutely. very illuminating. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. I hope to light up the world a little bit, I guess. I do believe you will, sir. And uh, Godspeed. Thanks, you guys. Great to have you, and hope we can do it again soon. Yeah, it was nice chatting again. All right, See Taylor. See you later. So, Jake. Jake, 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 Jake. And then there were two. Just the two of them. <laughs> well, keep saying I'm doing I'm doing the dance. I can't do it without you though. Um all right, so what we can do for a few minutes here, um take a smoke break or something and uh we'll just edit out well after we say goodbye to him, we can just edit it back into it. What do you say? You read my mind. I was just thinking about a cigarette. I know, dude. Um <laughs> so you know what? Um I'm actually gonna I'm gonna call you on the phone and we can talk while we're out there because um I think it's gonna do it. The fuck was that? I think it's going to do us some good to uh, prepare some more topics before we just run into this naked and blind. So I'm going to call you in a second. All right. Okay. Um, let me uh, get set up for that. Was... All right.
Hmm. I wonder if I can do it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Oh, you. All right, you do that. I'm gonna stop the recording for now. Okay. But yeah, I'll call you because they can. They'll probably be from a different number. Yeah, I heard you. That'll be good. Um. So we were talking about the idea that we were more connected to what it's like to be in a world where magic is happening and where ultra dimensionals or extraterrestrial contact is something that we're used to. And maybe, uh, you know, kind of fill us in on what you were saying when we were just talking a second ago. Yeah. Well, let me back up to where we left off when we took our break. And, uh, because we were talking about how everything's initiatory and how it used to be a lot more conscious, you knew. Everybody, when they were 12 or 13 years old, they would do their coming-of-age ritual, you know, the bar mitzvah for the Jews or whoever. You know, they all had them. And then you'd have different rituals, you know, and as you progressed into whatever field you were going into so like the uh say the farmers would have more uh different rich different initiations into being tied to the land and how to get it to produce and things like that while like, warriors, like pagan paganistic in a sense yeah while the warriors would have a different one and that's actually probably where the idea of different gods comes from is that they're all viewing the divine a different way, you know? I think that's really cool. Yeah. Because uh, in my work with uh, different pagan systems, they say that it's kind of, I always thought this was funny because in the pagan systems, on the surface, it looks like a whole bunch of guys, but when you start looking at them, they all start saying, oh, these are just different faces of the divine, right? <laughs> In the monotheistic religions, they start out, oh, there's one God, but as soon as you start getting into the mysticism behind it, they start breaking it up into different faces of it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's really only one system. <laughs> it just has different... Uh, different uh style yeah different flavor yeah it, it, it's a so what about the idea that like people who are more in tune with this kind of haunted world or like a more interdimensional world like what about how they would know what to do with bigfoot or ufos or even men in black types right like say something about that yeah, until a couple hundred years ago, everybody knew those types of things were connected. They didn't see, they didn't, you know, if they saw something strange, they didn't think, oh, that's a Bigfoot or that's a alien from Mars or wherever. That's a ghost. Like, these, to them, they these things were all related. And... Like, so in the Celtic tradition, they would have called them the fairies or, you know, different things in different traditions, but they all had them. 
and they just call them different things. And, uh, and it's, it's the spiritual world, you know, uh, okay. So when I say they're all the same thing, they're not all the same thing, but they're all aspects of the same phenomenon, which is things not typically in our three-dimensional physical reality here coming in because because they do exist on other levels some closer to ours some further away than ours but uh and these things were known and that's actually what the mysteries were all about is uh connecting with different ones it all goes back to shamanism and uh, I believe we touched on this maybe in the first one where it all goes back to shamanism. Uh, one of my favorite sayings is there's always a spiritual influence. So, but what type of spirit is going to be influencing you is based on what you're doing, your mindset, how you're doing it, your intentions and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. That's what shamanism was all about, was intentionally bringing the spirits that you want there, which people are so out of touch with that, that they don't know what they're connecting to, how it's connecting, and, you know. Or even if they're connecting sometimes. Yeah. Like, uh, like say a Ouija board, right? They sell them at any kid can go buy a Ouija board and play with it. Well, that's like picking up a phone and dialing a random phone number. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, you don't know who's going to be on the other end. If they do answer and you actually get them to talk to you, probably not somebody you want to talk to. <laughs> because they'll tell you like what you want to hear or what's in your they'll probably like reaching and scanning your mind and giving you answers that you want to hear or easily just going with that it's like the least resistance possible yeah because what you're thinking in your head and stuff like that to them they're on that plane so that's what they see when they look at you nice you know, uh, they don't see your body. They see your thoughts and or your feelings, depending on which level they're on. But these are the types of things they see is what you would see, what you would consider inside you. Right. And also whisper things in your, your uh, inner ear there. Your, sub, your subconscious mind. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, so people, people get some... Not every thought that pops into your head comes from you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Gordon White says just, or he quotes someone and says, just because it's God speaking, he doesn't mean it's not stupid. <laughs> well, we're all God speaking, right? So, I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's like that prayer. And um, like, basically, I think uh, I'm not sure if this is what namaste means, but it's basically like the God in me recognizes the God in you. Yeah. 
And like, so, I mean, to talk about the initiatic experience and preparing people for this aspect, I, I can't help but connect the idea that like a ton of poltergeist activity happens when you reach puberty. So maybe there's some kind of like service being done by like saying, all right, dude, your body's changing now. Or all right, do that. Your body's changing now. You're about to experience a lot more amplified version of those nicer fairies that you might've had when you were a kid or, you know, I mean, maybe it's just preparing them for a maturity level of dealing with spirits where before perhaps some kids had bad experiences, but on the large, they were more benign because these are innocent creatures and now their hormones are changing them into a different type of creature and their spirit influence is going to be uh, adjusted accordingly. So part of any proper shamanic or call it what you will initiatic experience was um, teaching the candidate how to uh, deal with those more intense changes as we go through the cycle of an individual incarnation. Does this all make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, that's part of it is to like teach them how to process, how to deal with these new energies or whatever that are running through their bodies that uh would be really it's really confusing when you're 12 13 years old you know what i mean well not only are you inexperienced in the earth plane i mean whatever degree of old soul or you know reincarnation you are whatever i mean if you're just the average mac or jill whatever that is from uh your tribe or whatever station in life you are you know you're gonna end up you know in these older versions of this world that we're talking about which i don't know how much it existed because i'm only dealing with like this much you know small amount of information because of the education system that i've been through and you know you you know i have been experiencing in this very materialistic scientific paradigm a complete horse pucky paradigm as uh, dr joseph farrell would put it <laughs> um right so like i'm just saying like we're talking off of the 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 basis that you know, there's this general zeitgeist of awareness of these spirits and these totems and these archetypes and these awarenesses of the subconscious mind that seems to be now getting activated when we're turning 13, 14. You know, not only do girls suddenly stop being icky and they start becoming desirable, but also maybe we stop being icky to the spirits and start becoming desirable. I don't know how one-on-one -on -one that metaphor is, but, you know, that's what we're working with right now. Well, depends on the spirits you're talking about, you know. Certain, yeah, I'm sure certain families have different karmic connections to different spirits too. You yeah. know, like exactly. Certainly. And it makes me think like a Japanese family uh, would have much different karma in that incarnation relating to whatever spirits are going to be more or Thai or Polynesian or Incan, Mexican, drop a beat, Brazilian. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's the whole, I don't go as far as like Swedenborg, that all spirits are human spirits that are no longer in human flesh. Uh, I don't go that far, but there is, there is a lot to be said for the ancestral spirits. You know what I mean? And they stick around you and they, uh, you can even like look at it materialistically even though science is pretty much proving these days that materialism is an illusion, 
but <laughs> well and that's isn't that ironic that we're using science to prove that yeah but even when you think yeah i know that's the funny part i'd say is taking materialism as far as they can go is proven that it doesn't you know that's basically what it is at first they convinced everybody that everything was materialism you know what i mean it's really funny too because this all goes back to john d john d he he was and on one hand he helped usher in the whole occult mindset of today you know all the major orders are the rosicrucians probably were influenced by him heavily you know when he went to go uh talk to rudolph out in germany there you talking about steiner no D, D was way before Steiner. No, the Emperor Rudolph the Second, I think it was. All right, I'm just making sure. I was like, I heard Rudolph, and I'm like, all right, yeah, no, I, I get you. Contemporarily, I, yeah. I, was that D or Kelly who did that? I guess both of them. Both of them went, and then uh, Kelly went back by himself later. Yeah, and then Kelly D went back to England, and then Kelly went back to the continent. Ended yeah, that's up that's right. That was Rudolph the Second. Okay, I'm 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 with you. Yeah. And Kelly ended up because he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna go change some lead to gold for him or something." And ended up locked in a tower because he couldn't do it, and tried to get D to help him escape. And then he kind of broke both of his legs trying to get out. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading about that in the um, the book that came out last year in April by Louvre. Yeah, that was a uh, he did a pretty good job with that, I think. Kelly Kelly was quite a character, that's for sure. He's one of the most interesting people on the <laughs> I wonder I wonder who he reincarnated into. That's a good question. You ever Jack Parsons? I don't know. That that's probably two one on one. Well anyways. Maybe even what popped into my head when you asked that question would be like maybe D reincarnated as Mathers and Kelly as Crawley. Yeah, but but yeah, there's no that was just popped into my head when you said that. So makes sense. I mean, well, we both got Crowley and Parsons uh, out of Kelly, so yeah, maybe one of Kelly's ears became Alistair Crowley, and the other one that got cut off became Parsons. (laughs) But uh, but okay, let's uh, let's get serious here. or mildly serious. Oh, yeah, but so what I was saying with that, so, uh, but yeah, so, so D, like, not only ushered in the whole spiritual, occult, esoteric mindset. Yeah. That's, that's big today. And pretty much all the main magical orders are, have to do with, uh, or some derivation from D, you know. Good old double O seven. Science, like uh, D, was also one of the mo- most, with the biggest influences on Isaac Newton, and who was one of the biggest influences on Maxwell and Heisenberg, and so it was also where we get the materialism from. So it's it's pretty crazy. So he he was kind of like the forebear of all the modern high thinking from science to magic, basically. Yeah, he was like that focal point from which the the spectrum emerged. Do you remember from um, RX Only Picture Show interviewing 
James Allen Egan about how D signed his name as a triangle. Yep. And that was because that was the fourth Greek letter and how D is the fourth English. Yeah, so you're saying D, so it's Delta, so a triangle. And yep. you got to think about like the idea that we're all incarnated into the third dimension. You got like mm-hmm. the eye and the pyramid representing like God's consciousness, which is just the source matter consciousness or Gnostic consciousness of us all entrapped in a third dimensional plane. Yep. So, I mean, it really seems like if, if you go by like a destiny kind of like mode of thinking about how we're all part of this giant cosmic play that mm-hmm. like his role really cannot be understated as we're both kind of affirming here right now. Yeah. Like I said, pretty much the way the world is now all goes back to D. So when Tracy says that we're living in John D's world, she might mean one thing, but she might not be wrong either. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like he didn't, He's not the Demiurge, you know what I mean? Oh, Demiurge begins with D, though. It does begin with D, that's true. So does, so does Dolphin, and they're psychic, so I think we just cracked this wide open. <laughs> but so does Donuts, and I'm kind of fat right now, so I don't know what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you quit drinking, and you think you're getting thinner. <laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> But I'm still in Jolly. Anyways, yeah, so <laughs> um what do we what do we um what do we think about like we don't have to talk about any specific people, but I do want to touch on something that we were kinda and people don't know this, but we were kind of chatting about earlier about like the right hand path and the left hand path and all that shadow play and I, I mean like I mean that in the platonic allegory of the cave. All these like roles, like Shakespeare says, we we play on this stage. Do you want to talk about like how some people can go from being aware of these shamanic activities and interdimensional aspects, and why some people choose to be self, you know, service to self, and why some people choose to be service to the greater evolution of humanity? Well, it's funny because they all have, they both have the same goal in mind. But uh, just the way they go about doing it, it's different. Maybe. I mean, that's a that's a cool – I know what you're saying. So let's hash that out because, like, that, that's kind of thorny. And, uh, and actually, both ways, it's about getting so unbalanced that you realize that you have to balance it to get to the end. You know what I mean? Exactly. It's uh, for those who can't see this, he was holding up his uh black and white checkerboard scarf. My so, patented occult fan trussel was it uh tessellated pavement scarf. <laughs> Only sixty six sixty six at occult fan shop swan song. The trussel. Yep. Yeah, uh, well, the trestle board's different. Uh, the tessellated pavements were the word I was tessel. That's okay. the word. And if I, I'm going to start selling these tessellated scarves with tassels at the end of them. So you got a tessel, tessellated tessel, tessellated tessel, tessellated tessel that'll get you into the tesseract. Well, I have Woo! tessellated tassels. <laughs> I, 
I think that we just found the key to the castle. It was hiding in the grassle, making a rustle. <laughs> and you won it if you won the raffle. All right, anyways, people didn't tune in for this. Who the hell's even listening to this? Who? <laughs> Buy my stuff. All right. So, anyways, yeah. Um, you think so? You think that it's two ways of doing the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the go- the same goal is at the end, anyway, or the end, whatever that means. Whatever but, the next step is, right? Right. Maybe this all just keeps happening. I don't want to think about that. But uh, and really, <laughs> you don't have to go either way. You can try to choose the middle pillar and maintain that balance where you realize oh yes i do have to live in this world so i do need some things to get by but i can help people at the same time and if i make a better world i make it better for you and for me well and and i think that i think i think that between our own conversations privately and just in general like i think that's where we both kind of like tend towards is the service to you know, I mean, take care of the self, but then use the solid self to radiate benefit outwards. Yeah. So, I mean, what about, what about, because. Well, it's, uh, okay. So, okay, it's go ahead. to the whole and you don't separate yourself from it. You're part of the whole. Because that's, that's the thing, though. Like, the, the service to the. Self, the more you can do, for, the more you can do for the greater benefit. But, but see, that's the thing, though. Like, not, see, that's the thing. Not everyone is okay. What about like let's just let's just be like almost let's be uh, quasi profane here. And what about like rapists? Okay, let's get let's do some. We're we're getting some like some some ticky tacky talk here. What about like a rapist? You know what I mean? Because I found that hard to. Okay, well, that's definitely service to self, right? Not even just like I think that there's no. They're only. Plays in themselves or whatever their motivation. Yeah, yeah, but the, the, where's where's the redeeming to the greater whole? There. Well, <laughs> this kind of actually gets me into something that came up pretty recently. But uh, <clears throat> let's hear it. One particular order, or at least rumor has it, that they're uh, crossing the abyss ritual involves. Them raping the guy. They're the yeah. Well, it has to be a male because they're the only ones who can go that far in that particular order. Is that is this the um? Is this like a certain number degree? Uh, so I would imagine that would be from seven to eight. Seven to eight. Yeah. We don't. We don't have to say who we're talking about. Just to just to you know be yeah. a. Yeah, and it's not even the outer part of it. It's just the inner part of it. But no pun intended, folks. <laughs> but the idea behind it is that they do that because it destroys the ego. So even in that case, it's it's they're they're doing it at least in their minds to create a positive effect. Right, and I'm talking about like, and we've also heard about like the traumatization of this is dark stuff people listening but like the traumatization of like a child and you have to be like you've heard that whole thing about you have to be like three years old and like hurt in that way 
to like be the most powerful psychic in this in, uh, type in this realm, or at least you've heard that kind of thing. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. The whole like uh, SRA thing. That's why they're doing it. And that's basically the gist behind that's how they justify this sort of thing is that to them, the ends justifies the means. Yeah. The cost yeah. is the, the cost outweighs the benefit or the benefit outweighs the cost rather. Which kind of brings me back to what I was saying is that there really is no end. There's just the means, you know what I mean? I guess like from where I'm coming from and I, and I'm able to entertain these thought exercises. I just think that like, just like we've talked about with touching a stove, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, there's other ways to do it. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, is there like a Ghostbusters soul trap we can just use to trap these people in until they can stop raping children or something? Um, I'm not being literal. I'm being facetious, yeah. but <laughs> I mean, like, it's just, it's so fucking horrible. And that's why they call it the dark path because these things can't happen. If people know about it, the, the light of awareness is shined upon it, which is what I think, you know, even though we're like talking about some deeply, like for a lot of people fucked up, uncomfortable stuff and, this is not like what you're used to hearing, I'm sure, especially. I mean, you could be into like certain esoteric societies and be completely unprepared for this kind of thing because, you know, some esoteric societies are much more watered down esoteric societies, even though they can, they come from such august, great heights, you know. I would even uh, say most that, at least that most people can join because, like, I think those types you would have to be born into because you have to have gone through that whole process. From birth, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I can say that neither of us are, uh, yeah, <laughs> are, 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 and I mean, and, and and you can imagine like the warped sense of ego and inflated sense of self-importance in this incarnation that you would get from that. Yeah, well, it makes you sociopathic, you know. You. I almost uh, feel like we're bordering talking on, like. I don't even want to talk about this particular guy, but like there's a guy out there who writes about like the elite and like his family bloodline. And like, he talks about traumatic induction and stuff like that. I, I, I he really yeah. just turns, he turns me off. So I don't like to talk about him too much. Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. Uh, bro, I, I know of a couple people that are like that, but I think I know which one you're talking about. I think you do too. I, I'm picking up that you're picking it up. Like uh, he, I, I never really got into him that much either because he, uh, <laughs> if you listen to him, I can, me, I can just look at him and be like, that guy is nothing that I want. Uh, yeah, it's really icky. Um, yeah. and uh, it's like almost too, so, and I'm sorry for people who are listening to this, who don't know who we're talking about. I'm pretty sure that the people who listen to this are mostly in the know. Uh, and I'm not saying that Jake or I are like master of, whatever island but like yeah no i mean like this is pretty it's pretty basic stuff here it's just you know and i'm not saying like you got to go out there and like be cool with like the people who aren't being cool even if it seems cool because that's not cool that's not cool but like you know i guess like I, i guess we keep circling back around to the same concept which is that like you know what can we do 
to like make this precious incarnation that we have and we're going to die and we're going to do it again. We're going to be born as something else, probably human. So, I mean, what can we do now since there's no getting out of this and we don't want to be Darth Vader's. So what do we do? Well, even though this goes back into what we were talking about, what we started talking about with this, with the whole censorship thing and everything like that. What was one of the biggest things that affected that came out on social media that affected the last election was the Pepe the Frog. <laughs> well, okay, that was that was another interesting aspect, actually. Of uh oh, what did I just do? Effect, but I was thinking more the other side of the light of awareness getting shined in dark areas. Oh, you're talking about um. Should we even say this on this podcast? I'm trying to like, keep this podcast alive here. Um, was it uh, something to do you know with... Uh, <laughs> we all know what you're talking about. Yeah. So uh, that type of thing started coming out. And uh, so actually, there's two good reasons why they would want to suppress a cult thought right there. You know what I mean? Because, hey, for one thing, it was being used against them, while another thing, it was shining lights in their dark closets that they don't want people seeing. Literally, yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, to your point, like, but, like, we don't really know, like, if, like, that, that Pepe thing is crazy, dude. That's, that's, such a, that, that's such a potent chaos magic tool right there. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, like we alluded to earlier uh, when, when, when uh, T-Bebe was around, like uh that's taylor for people who don't get it um you know that was like basic basically like the who's in charge now that that's where like it all runs together where i'm like you have so many people who are like tricked into thinking that this guy right now former wwf wrestling guy shaving vince mcmahon's head they think that he is somehow their savior when like that's just like the ultimate like you know, the, the, it's just. I'm going to go into this now. Obviously, he was probably the better option at that particular point in time, considering the other stuff we were learning around then. Well, you know, any, any at the same time. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. They, oh, they really got the masses with that one. No, I tell you, convinced that this real estate tycoon born with a silver spoon in his mouth, billionaire. Yeah, is the. The, the everyday man super savior. Nah, no shit. Like for Hillary, I I mean like, any she's associated with the murder of Vince Foster, who they suicided, and yep. anyone and my name is Miller Foster. So anyone who's associated with killing someone who has the same surname as me, even if it's one of mine, it's like I can't get down with that. I, it's, it's I know it's ludicrous to a degree. It's like. Well, what about the politics? What about the politics? Do you think that ma you you okay? <laughs> Everyone, calm I need to take a minute. Okay, calm down. All right. So the so the whoo, I got the vapors. So yeah, they the got a pretty long list of people that yeah that suicided by two bullets to the back of the head. There, Jesus Christ! The gun wasn't even in the right direction. <laughs> on, no, on no agenda episode eleven eleven. 11, 11, 11, 11, 11. On that one, I was the associate, I was a associate producer and I got Adam Curry. I, I asked him, I'm like, will you read the script? So he does the thing where they do, um, they do these like jingles and stuff like that. 
and I got I got him to do um, what was it? Uh, I think it was like Hillary going and because like people, you know, it's like no matter which which puppet you like the best or which rich manipulator you like the best, you know, whichever one's going to kill you just the same, you know. What, what am I saying here? Um, you don't want to see the dark stuff they do, but like Hillary has that whole thing when Muammar Gaddafi was killed where she like just shows how blatantly dark she is. And she's like cackling at when she's like, we came, yeah. we saw he died. <laughs> yeah. So I got, I got him to play that clip. But yeah, I got him to play that clip. And then I got him to play Obama saying you might die. And then I had them play the uh, two to the back of the head, the pew pew. And then I had him yell out, Vince Foster, thou art avenged. <laughs> and, yeah, dude, it was. And it was on episode 1111. So it was just like really like, you know. Well, that's a really good example of what I was talking about, how people don't understand. That election yep. was a perfect example of what I'm talking about. People don't understand the occult influences that are on them. They think it's politics what does politics have to do with the occult right what's love hillary, have to do with it that was two to magical forces battling and then hillary falls down the steps like that and like that's right after, right after trump like or right after they did so yeah i forget exactly but everyone knows that anecdote like mm -hmm. something happened and then she like started to get really sick or something yeah yeah and you know basically Okay, well, I'll go into the emails. We don't really know what they were talking about. All we know is that we don't know what they were talking about. Maps. Well, let's quote the yeah, yeah, yeahs before you go on. Maps. They don't love you like I love you. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then in that other Y control video, they have all those little kids like smashing shit and cutting their hands off. I mean, the yeah, yeah, yeahs, dude. Make, draw your own conclusions, but please continue. Yeah. But ultimately, all we know for a fact is that we don't know what they were talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about. Okay, keep going. Yeah, but uh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, uh, but and, and this is the best thing is that like the people that was mightily affected to get people behind Trump, who like 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 I was saying, like you, how would they get your ever your coal miner auto plant worker behind trump yeah you know what I mean? like but they did and they'll excuse especially with this QAnon psyop going on they'll excuse anything he does oh it's part of his 5d chess man that that's i got a cue what you're saying is a blatant example of how brilliant how brilliant these people are to just be able to like write that code so it hits all the right archetypes to make these people fall right into line. And they managed to get most of the people who would have been against anybody that was president pretty much to get behind the most ridiculous candidate ever like, and still stay behind him. Yeah. He's got, he's got so much emperor energy though. Like, you can yeah. see why he was the... Like, I guess his uncle is knighted or something like that. I don't know. Yeah? Something? I actually did his... Uh, because I noticed... Uh, I was talking to a friend from Holland. Cool. And she was saying that... Uh, Jim mentioned... Because he used to have what? Was it Queen Beatrix or was that Belgium? 
whatever they're oh, all. That was, that was the Netherlands. So yeah, yeah that was the Netherlands. Queen Beatrix, but she she stepped down and her son took over. Not too long ago, but I didn't know that. So I looked at him and I was like, man, he really looks a lot like Donald Trump. Yeah, I noticed that. So I started looking into their family histories, you know, who, and of course, they're not very distantly related, you know. Isn't there like, who is it? Which king is it that all the presidents are supposedly, except for Mallard Fillmore, descended from? Um... Well, not, all the royal families go back to Charlemagne, but I think they're closer connected, wasn't it? Uh, King George the first, maybe? Uh, no, I, I don't know. It's, uh, my 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 recall is not working right now. Yeah, I blame the Archons. All the royal families go back to Charlemagne. Okay, I don't. Well, well actually, even but they're even closer connected since then. They all go back to this uh, Prussian family. It's not the House of Orange, is it? Uh, maybe. People, thank God that I don't have that many people listening yet at this stage in our podcast. Yeah. We got to really tighten up our game. I'm sure if somebody could leave comments that they would let us know exactly who I was talking. Oh, about. I'm sure we're gonna get something. <laughs> it's good. Oh, anyways, yeah. Um, so. Do we want to talk about um, Do we want to talk about pictures of Jesus? <laughs> do, do we want to talk about? I was saying earlier. So even like the heads of some of these orders, like uh, so, one of the really good ones was telling me he's friends with the outer head of one of the probably not so good ones, right? Where I do you want to do you want to keep it at that level of do you want to keep it at that level of vague vagueness because I think that's a good idea. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Let's not name names. Okay, cool. But uh, they uh, but he is they, they know each other. They're friends, even though they're working at cross purposes. There, ultimately, and if you think about it, it was like I compared it to. Jack from Twitter hanging out with Zuckerberg, you know what I mean? Because sure, they're competition, but in a lot of ways, they got more in common with each other yeah. than they do than they do not in common for one thing, and than they do with your average guy on the street. So let's let's tie this back around to what we were talking about with the purpose of shamanic initiation and these older more aware societies and what kind of entities do you think are rocking around the clock tonight with uh cyborg zuck and mr dorsey well who comes to a party uninvited (laughs) that was beautifully put that was Nobody that you want. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have, do you have any, uh, do you want to name this entity or entities or anything like that? Oh, I mean, I know some of them that are at play for sure. Uh, like, uh, Maybe we'll save that for another episode because <laughs> that would be opening up a whole big can of worms already. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're getting, we're getting, we're, we don't want to get long in the tooth on the yet, but um, yeah, folks, you ought to tune into the, uh, to the next time. Cause frankly, I don't even know what he's referring to right now. <laughs> oh, you can't even just say one thing. It's uh because it's not, but uh, not something you want hanging out. You know what I mean? Does it have a name? Well, is it even one thing? You know? Oh, that's another big part, and that's another thing that we see happening these days. Go for it. That uh, all these. So, for the longest time, especially the the materialist forces, you know, or the ones that want people to think materialism is the only thing that exists, at least I'll put it that way. Uh-huh. Uh, because then you're completely unaware of what's really going on. <laughs> <laughs> so those we keep man in darkness, right? So the powers of darkness. Yep. Keep you. Know, so uh, when when all we need is for each of us to shine our light of awareness, our her our hermit's lamp. Yep. Yep. And uh, but they all each individual pocket of them, you know, and they'll all have their own entity or group of entities that they work with specifically, you know, um, different ones, different. Well, but it, you're probably familiar with the idea of an egregore, you know? Okay, so that's uh, – I'm glad you said that because the whole time dialed back like five minutes ago when we were starting to talk about this, I'm thinking like, okay, we're not talking about one entity. We're talking about an egregore. Yeah. Like a team of – like an ex – I think we're talking about one egregore. We're talking about – well, okay, so it would be like almost an egregore of egregores. That's what we're saying, right. A tulpa of tulpas. Yeah. Uh, a power, like, you remember the Power Rangers or Voltron, how they all, like... Yeah. Yeah. yeah or Captain Planet when they all put their rings together. Yeah. yeah, or that thing that we saw last weekend at behind the barn. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that was the thing we weren't supposed to bring up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> Keep going. What I was saying was, so they all have their own entities that they work with yep, and everything, or a group of entities sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, and so they all have different agendas. Yeah. But about the only thing they could agree on was that to work together towards a certain goal. Yeah. And they were all planning that once it got towards the end game, that they're going to be the ones to take over and and spell it out in the end. Yeah, yeah. And now we're getting close to that end game. It feels like it. Yeah, it feels like we're getting really close to that end game, and that really does. That's when they started fighting, and the whole house of cards started falling apart. And then Kevin Spacey was accused of rape. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, okay, five guys agree that they're going to rob a bank, right? Yeah. Oh. Reservoir dogs is what I'm thinking of. Good one. Yeah. We're like, okay, yeah. And they worked together. They successfully robbed the bank. Yep. 
but then they start fighting over the money. Yep. <laughs> and and then the coward wins. Because the rest all killed each other. Right. So he's like, that's like that whole like too much testosterone thing we see people freaking out about. There's a parable for you. But anyways, um, I was wondering, um, let's see if I can get this thought back before it completely flies away into the ether again. Um, the different teams that are, so I guess like, uh, this isn't exactly what I want to ask. I'm sure it'll come back, but like, what, what, what are we looking at with this end game that obviously since nothing ever ends, what's the next transmogrification state that we're looking at at a critical mass? And what's that look like with what we're talking about right now? Well, and like I said, well, it kind of goes back to what I was saying, where they all had a different uh, picture of the end game. So, like, you know, where they're the ones on top, you know, with uh, so each one would have had a different vision of it, you know. But yeah, they, based on know, their own ego. First, we got to do this. We got to do that to get this, that, the other going on. Yeah. And on the end. So what what is the ultimate in game? Well, there isn't an ultimate one because they all have a different one. And uh, while maybe the light forces who are in a lot of ways you can say the light forces are are gaining a lot of ground because the light light is awareness and knowledge, right? And and I would like to just make this pretty clear, it's kindness. And kind well Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it's so simple. Oh, right. I mean, like, I mean, you, you get, I, I have a sailor's mouth sometimes, and I make crude Blink-182 level jokes, but, like, I'd still consider myself someone who is, you know, when, when I need to be mature and appropriate, I'm totally mature and appropriate. But, like, when it's time to just, like, let the hair down and, you know, whatever, then, you know, it's you can still be right-hand path and, like, be an infantile idiot sometimes i guess oh yeah like uh true kindness doesn't have anything to do with politeness yeah i mean like there's a time to put on a face and stuff because you got to do the thing and whatever yeah, totally but that's playing the game that's not a you know actually in my experience the the the, the uh the light side is usually a lot more because they don't put on a front that you know that they're themselves they're the authentic selves and their authentic selves aren't always uh we like to joke a lot it's not always polished right yeah exactly like, like blavatsky could be like a tempestuous like eruptive bitch but like she was still largely a good person i think yeah well and sometimes you have to you know what i mean when you yeah uh, if somebody, especially this is really thing I notice on the dark side is that they'll do this the passive aggressive thing, you know what I mean? Where you have to call them out, you know what I mean? Um, I think so, actually, yeah. They try to make you look like the bad guy because you're the one being like rambunctious. Yeah, and and that usually works for people for a little while, but then. The slow rot sets in. So, you know, so, okay, they made the good guy look like the bad guy for a minute. Which is total, which is total left hand. 
Cool. Which is total left hand path, by the way. I yeah, mean, exactly. that's like to to a to a fucking T. Yeah. Because of course the good guy is gonna be like, "This is wrong. I'm not gonna, you know, <laughs> what I mean? I'm not right. gonna do that, and I'm not gonna let you do that." Right. That's what you would expect. <laughs> but it's like you know, it's it's this the the this game of shadows that we play is so, and I don't mean shadows like dark side. I mean like you know, you get it. But like the tricksy illusion world that we live in, it's it's so ah, it's so subtle and so. <laughs> It's so beautiful. I don't know. There's something that's so just delicately delightful and languid and lovely and lavishing about it. But like, you know, it's also extremely painful at times. Yeah. Well, if you notice, especially in the past few years, they flipped everything on its head. Mm. Like, uh, the leftists are talking about. Oh my God. How, yeah. Like, uh, we can't have free speech because it's it's intolerant. Dude, like, just yeah. Think about that sentence. You know what I mean? It's it's bad shit. And the, and it, it just doesn't make any sense. Everything's so backwards these days that it makes absolutely no sense. Bass backwards. Yep. Yeah. Nah, man. I mean, like, I can't get down with any polarity. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, besides like right hand path, left hand path. Even then, I'm like, all right, but still, your spiral is going to go in one direction, and I am of the club that will spiral upwards and continue to expand and to make people feel good about their lives the best I can. Mm-hmm. You know, it, world a better, more enjoyable place for as many people as possible. You know? Absolutely, and I mean, like, you know, it's not always pretty. And it shouldn't be pretty because then you're not doing, then you're, then you're not, I would say you're not coming correct. You're being fake. Yeah. And the whole, the whole new age concept where everything, oh, don't focus on anything negative. Yeah. Total left-hand path again. Yeah. Well, or there were left-hand forces working on people that would be right-hand path because they're like, Oh yeah, blah blah, blah. everything's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Well, how are you ever going to solve a problem if you don't look at it? Yeah, well, it's like the okay, okay, okay. So look at the fool card, the fool staring at the perfected ideal, loving the uh, loving the rose. You know, it's like oh, everything could be so wonderful. And then what's happening? You know, you keep staring at that rose without doing some work. You're gonna fall right off the cliff, huh? Yeah, but you hear what I'm saying? You fall right off the cliff, cliff, cliff. One for that little dog biting his heels. That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) That's what I'm thinking. You know, um. So I think we come to the point in the show where we could, you know, draw some tarot cards, make a thing of that. So uh, do you want to? Do you want to do that? Sure. What uh, what deck are we using tonight, Jake? Um, whatever deck you want to use, because this one, yes, it's well, the only deck I have right now is incomplete. So. All right. Um, I'm gonna reach over here. This is the Prisma Tarot deck, and it's got this. Um, of course, I got it set to the Six of Swords right now. Although we are on the Six of Cups this evening. Uh, the back of it is pretty cool. People can't see this, but I can show notes it if I remember to ever show notes anything. You can see this? No pun intended? Yeah. It's got, it looks like the uh, the book it from... Um, huh? <laughs> is it, it can see me? <laughs> exactly. That's cute. <laughs> uh, it makes me think of the book from Hocus Pocus. It reminded me of the saying, I stared at... What was that? Nietzsche? It was like, I stared into the abyss and found the abyss staring back at me. 
Yeah, well, this tarot deck, this tarot deck is definitely, uh, it's definitely alive. We just we drew the four of swords, which is the uh, the the truce card. Yeah. So that's kind of like. Actually, before we get into this, because you were talking about the polarity, I just want to mention this. Yeah, go ahead. That concept always makes me think of uh, the uh, Lord of the Rings, where you had, okay, Sauron, obviously, is a real bad guy, right? Sauron, the white, was supposed to be the really good guy. Yep. And, but... It gets down to it if you think about it esoterically in the story that uh, you thought the polarity that the bad was bad and the good was bad, but then it turns out Gandalf he was the gray, so he's the non-polarized. Yeah. Uh, the pol- Gandalf the, turns into the, the Gandalf the polarity white. was actually the issue. Yeah, but 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 Gandalf turns into Gandalf the White at the end, right? Yeah, which do which is what I'm saying is because the the gray, and then he falls into the abyss. Yeah, sure, and then he's dead right. and reborn. Not as Gandalf the White, but it yeah. was through the he could have never done that. You know, the white the, both sides were the enemy. There being two sides was the the problem. I don't. I don't know. I think it sounds like we're almost confusing that by saying that because I would say like he was gray before, then he died and was risen. You know, he went through the initiatic mystery tradition, death and rebirth, uh, like in the ancient pyramids or whatever, and then he came out as Gandalf the White. Well, if you think about it as a yeah, so if you think about it in terms of the tree of life, so Sauron's the pillar of severity and Saruman's the pillar of mercy. Okay. And uh, Gandalf is walking the middle pillar. Well, that's where the abyss is, is on the middle pillar, right? Yep. And then you come out on the end in Keither. And what's beyond that? I'm that would be, uh, yeah, the triple, the triple unspoken. Yeah. Um, the limitless light. <laughs> by the way, I think I just killed my political career. Not by that. By eating Chinese food in the first place. I don't even know what I'm saying at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be funny if I weren't too stupid. But I had that egg roll. <laughs> yeah. totally worth it. totally. It's like it's like an egg roll with lipstick on it. <laughs> <laughs> egg roll. Um, all right. I thought I, I, I thought I was gonna try to be mature and respectable. I don't know what happened. Um, I just drew the four of swords again. That's crazy. That's interesting. All right. Um, I guess that's the King of cups here. What is it? King of cups. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, the hangman has been popping up so much recently. You know what I found out very interestingly, the uh, member of tool that was like, uh, he, you know, I think he did uh, a Oh God. What's it called? Not Lux or lush. Um, Oh gosh, it's 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 right on the tip of my tip of my uh, my my brainstem. All right, so the point is, is that um, ah, I keep trying to think of it. So, anyways, um, I saw this picture of Tool and Paul Moore, who was the one who uh, was kind of like phased out of the band in favor of Justin Chancellor coming in during Anima, 
uh, first part of the sessions and then for all of lateralis 10,000 days and whatever's coming out maybe this year. Um, so like he was wearing in this picture, Lusk, L U S K Lusk. That's Lusk. That's the, okay. Um, Paul de Amore is wearing a t-shirt with the hanged man on it. Dude, get out <laughs> through the four of swords. As I figured all that out. And there's four letters in Lusk and tool. Oh, and pink and pink Floyd. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. five and Floyd. <laughs> all right all right all right we're drawing to a close um the seven of 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 wind chimes is what the- <laughs> i'm losing it dude i gotta go to bed soon um or at least i gotta like retire and i don't know um so okay um so paul de amor was wearing a hangman t-shirt and it just like something about that image was just like so resonant like you could just like feel you know not just because that's the future that came to pass but like i don't know something about it was strikingly potent it, it like it it rang the whole world like flipped upside down yeah. oh that's the uh the ace of pentacles yeah all right all right well so that's the last one from you, and I have the Ace of Swords. Interesting. So that's a good place to uh, to call to call the mo- to call the rodeo to a close. So, um, do you have any parting words of wisdom, Senor Jake? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned. All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, For those of you who have stuck it through, thanks very much. I appreciate your interest. Um, I just can say that uh, this is still early in the game for me, but I'm going to keep working on the show and making sure that discussions are more focused and more content enriched and organic. I feel like if I said enriched, I should probably make a, some kind of comment towards the food nature of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's a, it's a fun show to do. I had a lot of fun with all three of these different vignettes, and um, this is just more of a fun show. And going forward, I recognize that your time is valuable, as is mine. And to keep with integrity, that's important to keep in mind, so uh, look for this show, Six of Cups, and all the other sixes to get better and better and better. Until then, thanks for listening and see you next time.